been growing. And then the second question I want you to ask yourself is, what metrics am I using to measure my growth? What metrics am I using to measure my growth? Because some people think they're growing, and they're really not growing. <laughs> right? What metrics are you using to measure your growth? So, one, am I growing? And then two, I'm answering that question based upon what metrics? So I want to give you some metrics. Can I do that today? Can I help you chart your growth? You know, when we take Noah to the doctor, who's my youngest, he's five, you know, they always, they measure him, they, they, um, they measure his height, they take his weight, they do all these kind of measurements, and then they look at where percentile, you got kids, you know how that works, they look at what percentile they fall on the chart, the growth chart, to make sure that he is growing appropriately. There's a, there's a metrics that they use based upon certain things that are going on with his size. And his, they ask him to speak. They ask him, can he, you know, to see. They ask him questions, see how he articulates back and forth. Because they want to make sure that he is growing appropriately. Well, God does not leave growth. Just as, it's not just something that happens. Right? So you come to church to make sure that you are growing appropriately. Right? I am your doctor. I thought you'd be a little bit more happy in that, that you have one of the best doctors in Philadelphia. I am your doctor, and we're going to take some growth size and measurements today to see if you are growing appropriately, right? Because if you say you're growing, because what? How are you measuring your growth? God wants you to grow. Say, God, God wants me to grow. All right. So let's look at a couple. There are four stages of growth, four stages of growth, and we're going to look at this in Scripture. Four stages of growth. Are you ready to jump into this? Four stages of growth. The first stage is the infancy stage. Okay? The infancy stage of growth. We're talking about spiritual maturity, right? And we're going to compare this to natural, right? We're going to look at the natural sense because everybody can understand the natural. And how does that compare to our spiritual growth? All right? Infancy stage is when you are just, you just got saved. Man, I love when people just get saved. They are just on fire. The zeal is awesome. I mean, you know, the blindness has just come off. I remember when I first got saved, and I might not be able to finish this all today. I remember when I first got saved, uh, Brother Ben, man, when I got saved, I walked outside. I never heard birds so clear. You know, I, I didn't know the sun can shine that bright, Scott. I, I, I didn't know that things could look so beautiful. Has anybody had that experience when you got saved? It was like everything just looked so amazing. I was like, wow, this is awesome. It is good. To, I am actually alive. It's like you came to life, and you once was there, but you're alive, right? That, that, that zeal, and I just wanted, I was like that scripture in Peter. Man, I wanted the, the, the unadulterated, sincere milk of the word of God, and I was just hungry all the time. Man, I was in church every time the doors opened. Y'all remember those days? Come on, you, when you get saved, some of y'all are smiling because you remember those days, right? You, you, and the church opened, man, I was there. You know, I didn't judge nothing. I was just glad to be saved that my soul wasn't going to hell. I'm just, I'm just so excited, right? right? That's that survival mode. I, I'm an infant. I don't know what I don't know, right? I, I'm there. I'm enjoying Christ. <laughs> then you meet some people. We'll talk about that later, okay? But let's look at a scripture that talks about this stage. Uh, I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians, this, this infancy stage. However, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates, as to mere infants 
in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet, right? So when you are a babe, you, you really don't know how to talk to God yet. You really don't know the spiritual language yet, right? You don't understand spiritual warfare. I can't talk to you about, you know, dimensions and, and all that stuff because that's, that's way above what you're able to understand, right? Uh, you have to talk to them as, as babes. The next part of that scripture, that same scripture says, I fed you with what? Milk. Not solid food, for you are not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet, you are not strong enough to be ready for it. He says, hey, I have some stuff I want to give you, but you're not ready yet. Right? Why? So your maturity, your spiritual growth actually determines how you eat spiritually. Right? There's so much revelation that I want to teach, but I'm trying to wait till we all get to a certain point where we can all digest it. Because what happens if you give a baby meat? They will choke. They, they have what are called gums, not teeth. And they cannot bite on a, a, on a porterhouse steak, right? They will die if they try to swallow meat, right? So when you first get saved, that's that infancy stage. The last part of that scripture says, for you are all still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying, here it goes, jealousies, wranglings, and factions among you, <coughs> excuse me, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? He says, babes, don't, they're excited, they, they, they're happy, but, uh, you know, babes throw temper tantrums. There, there's attributes that you only see in a baby that as you grow up, we shouldn't see in you anymore. Oh, man, y'all are quiet now. You're quiet. Yeah, yeah, shouldn't. That's the word, shouldn't see. Thank you. Help me preach here, right? Envy and jealousy. So he said, hey, you got to look at your character and see, are there any baby attributes? Because attributes will tell you where you are on the growth scale, right? A am I still battering with things that are jealous? That that's babies. Am I still envying? Am I still uh, uh, dealing with uh, 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 issues that I shouldn't be dealing with? That's baby stuff, he says. Right? Uh, uh, he says that's how you can tell it, it's unspiritual. Right? You move by your own impulses. I, I, I pass out, I just do what I feel. That's not the right answer. People go to church when they feel it. Man, do you think I always feel like coming to church? Yep. He said, yep. Oh, well, most of the time I do. That is true. That is true. You got a point there. But, 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 but there are days when I don't feel like coming to church. I don't feel like going to set up. I don't feel like setting lights up. I don't feel like breaking down. Man, there are a lot of those days, right? Uh, but, but guess what? I can't be moved by my own impulses. Babies are moved by their own impulses. Man, this is, come on, that's good, that's good. Babies are moved by their own impulses. Right? They want what they want. They want it now. That's it. They don't think about consequences. They don't think about how damaging it can be. That's not their thought because they're babes. They move by their own impulses. And as Christians, we can't be moved by our own impulses when you start growing up in God. That means that I don't do what I feel like doing. I do what is expected of me to do as a Christian. Man, y'all quiet. Okay. Number two, we're almost there. Don't worry. Then there's that childhood stage. So we go from the infancy stage of your spiritual growth. When you are a babe, you are a milk drinker, everything's awesome, everything's wonderful, but you're still living by your impulses. 
You're still not really walking according to righteousness yet. You know, you still don't understand uh, the implications of things. You still don't understand the image of Christ and growing. But then there's that childhood stage, and then this is, this is the learning stage. The learning stage. I think a perfect scripture for that is uh, where Jesus had the conversation with the disciples of Mark 4 and 41, and they were all filled with great awe and feared exceedingly and said one to another, who then is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? The disciples were hanging with Jesus. They were not babes, but now they were really, they were still kids in the spirit because they were still learning, like, who is this man? What, 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 I mean, this, this is amazing that even the winds obey him. Man, this is awesome, right? That learning stage, that new stage where information is like, wow, right? I'm not where I should, I'm not where I should be, but I'm not where I kind of used to be, right? I, I'm in a better place, right? So, so I, I'm learning, I'm understanding the thing. And that's not a, and no spot is a bad spot, but you have to understand that God wants you to grow. Right? No spot is a bad spot, but you have to understand that God wants you to grow. Right? And it would be crazy that if, as a grown man, I'm standing up here with a pacifier in my mouth. That just doesn't look right. Like, after a while, there should be some growth. <laughs> right? And it never ceases to amaze me in the spirit. If I put my spiritual glasses on, man, a lot of people that should not have pacifiers have pacifiers. Right? Because you got to know where you are. What metrics are you using to determine your growth? The third stage is the adolescent. This is my favorite one. I'm probably going to parlay here for a minute. The adolescent stage. Now, how many people believe, remember your adolescent stage in real life? I mean, that was a horrible stage. (laughs) I mean, I didn't like being an adolescent. I don't know. Maybe you did. I didn't like it. That's when you're going through puberty, all those things that happen into your body. You want to be accepted. You know, you feel short. You feel tall. You feel fat. You feel skinny. You feel outcasted. You feel included. It's a little bit of everything going on, right? Uh, and and this, is, this is unique because this is the part of self-discovery, right? And, and if anybody has ever had any adolescence, you know it's not easy raising an adolescent. Y'all, y'all are quiet. Come on, come on. It's, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Charlotte. It, it's not easy raising an adolescent because, man, adolescents think they know it all. And then this is the part when we get in our Christian walk where, hey, the, the, the birds are still there, but we don't hear the birds anymore. The sun is shining, but we don't see it anymore. And we think we know God. Man, th- th- this is a stage of self-discovery, <laughs> right? Uh, this is, can be honestly the most dangerous stage of your spiritual growth because you can't see past the season that you're currently in and you have no reference point as far as safety. Adolescents can never see past where they are. Has anybody, I mean, come on, you've been there, right? They're just thinking about right now. I think about when I was an adolescent, I was a young man, and I, I don't know, in uh, uh, 1920, you know, and I, I'm a young man, and uh, probably 18 actually, and I remember I had a, I had a car, because I, uh, I, was, I was a good kid, but I had a car, but I was still an adolescent, right? Young man, and I remember racing on the parkway. I, and, and today I think about, I say, how stupid, Stupid was it that I was doing something so dumb like racing? I was, I would have raced, I would have burnt you, man. I, I had a button in my car, man. I had a, a supercharged button that once I pressed it, I had it souped up, it goes zoom and take right off. But what? Not thinking about consequences, right? I, I, Self discovery, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. And there are seasons in your spiritual growth where you don't know what you don't know. 
and you have no reference point, and you got to learn to trust God in this stage. Because you, you've never got, you've been somewhere, God's taking you somewhere that you've never been before, and you have no reference point. Come on, has anybody ever been there? The second problem of being an adolescent is you think you know it all. You think you know it all. You, you, think, you think you know it all. Does anybody have any teenagers? They think they know it all. Right? They think they know it. You can't tell them nothing. We were like that when we were teenagers. Right? They think they know it all. The second, third thing is they don't understand the value of what they have. When you're an adolescent spiritually, you don't understand the value of what God has given you. Sometimes you just get into take it for granted kind of mode. I, I, I went shopping. Uh, this was like two, three years ago. I went food shopping with my wife. And first, uh, you know, as my, my sons became, you know, older boys and teenagers, I called my wife, my, uh, my mother, and I apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry for eating you out of house and home. I'm sorry that when you went shopping on Saturday morning, I'll come back and kill a box of cereal and a gallon of milk like it was nothing. I apologize, right? Why? Because I didn't understand the value of what somebody else paid in order for me to enjoy. Man, y'all quiet. Here's the last piece about adolescent stage. You can produce, but you can't raise what you produce. Adolescent in the natural, you have the ability to produce, but you don't have the means or the capacity or the bandwidth to raise what you produce. And it's the same thing spiritually. You got to be careful when you, be, when you start growing in God that you don't produce you, but you produce Christ. Because you want to produce you. You want people to be little yous. <laughs> this is how you should praise God. This is how you should. Do. No, no. What does the word say? What does the word say? You got to always lead people back to Christ. Come on, somebody. Lead them back to Jesus. Talking about who Jesus is, how Jesus. I told Lorenzo upstairs, says, man, I'm glad you're here, but I'm glad you're here for who God made you to be. I don't want, I don't want five me's. I want one Lorenz because what God gave Lorenz is going to be amazing for RCC and for Philly. Are you understanding me? God made you, you, be you. And then don't try to produce other yous. He says, become a disciple of Christ. Right? So we talk about that adolescent stage. That is that self-discovery stage where I'm finding out who I am in God and what God has called me to do. Write this down. That Jesus, was, Jesus taught the disciples how to transition successfully from one stage to the other. How to transition successfully from one stage to another. Let's look at this adolescent stage, and we're almost there. Give me five minutes. We're going to pray. He said in Luke chapter 10, he says, Now after this, the Lord chose and appointed 70 other elders. This is the adolescent stage, right? And sent them out ahead of him, two by two. How many people remember the scripture? You read this before. And to every town and place where he himself was about to come and visit. Man, they went out to the towns. They were doing some awesome things. Let's look what happened. And he said to them, The harvest is indeed... Abundant. You know, this, you know, this is my favorite scripture, right? Y'all know that, right? It's the Chris like, yeah, I know, I know, pastor, I know. The harvest indeed is abundant. There is much ripe grain, but the farmhands are few. 
Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So he sends the disciples, the seven disciples. He has two by two. He gives them power, Mike, and he sends them out. And man, they go out, they are amped, they are excited. And this is what they told Jesus when they came back. The 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to your name. I mean, they didn't say, hey, he just told them, I'm sending you out because the harvest is great. But they didn't have that conversation. They was like, yo, demons even listen to us. I mean, isn't that adolescent? I mean, it's like that immature Christian, right, who's amped over the power but not getting any kingdom results. And he's saying, look at Jesus' response to them after they say that. He says, nevertheless, do not rejoice at this. He says, hey, you are missing the point. You are missing the point. Yes, I want you to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Yes, I want you to cast out demons and they come out. Yes, I want you to pray and addictions are broken over people's lives. Absolutely. He says, but don't rejoice over that, but the spirit, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are enrolled in heaven. That your soul is saved and that you're helping other people get free. Because if you understand the importance of your soul being free, then you'll get excited when somebody else's soul gets free. What would Jesus tell the people that he healed? He says, you're healed, now go and sin no more. Unless a worse thing comes on you. He says, hey, the healing is great. The healing is to show you that I'm, st- that I'm alive and that I'm doing my thing. But hey... Don't sin. He says, because your soul is more important than the healing. I'm going to say it again. Your soul is more important than the healing. Your soul is more important than the healing. That your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So don't rejoice. I I believe that God has anointed all of us to walk. I I believe in healing. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe in uh, casting out spirits. I believe in all that stuff. And we exercise those things here when the Lord leads us. But more importantly, he says, hey, the harvest is out there. It's great. There are people dying going to hell. And we got to make sure that we present who? Jesus to them. Amen? This last stage is the maturity stage. The fourth and final stage is the maturity stage. And that's, maturity means reproduction. And this is important. He said this in Acts chapter 3, verse uh, um, 4, 3 through 4. So they laid hands on them, arrested them. This is the disciples, right? Not lay hands on them like, hey, good job. Like lay hands on you like, we're sending you to jail, right? Uh, we, we, yeah, we, we think this is great now, right? We, we can come, we can worship, and, and, and it's funny. We have the freedom to worship, but we still got to make people worship, right? Here it is. They don't have the freedom to do any of that stuff. They preaching, and they got arrested. And put them in prison until the following day, for it was already evening. But many of those who heard the message believed, right, adhered to and trusted in, relied on Jesus as the Christ, and their numbers grew and came to about 5,000. So here it is. Watch this. They're being persecuted. They're being ridiculed. They're being criticized. But yet people are coming to know Jesus. Man, that's maturity and growth. Right? That no matter what I'm going through, I'm not moved by my human impulses. Right? Because that's immaturity. He said, but when you mature in Christ, you may be having a rough day, but the point is that people are still coming to Christ. Man, that's mature. Come on. That's maturity. Right? I mean, if you got thrown to prison, you wouldn't be like, Pastor, how many people got saved today? Let me just call Pastor. 
<laughs> you, you heard me calling me saying, I just want to see how many people got saved. I just want to make sure people came to Christ today, Pastor. I'm locked up. I just got my eye punched in. It's rough in here. I don't know when I'm going to get out, but did anybody get saved? Man, that, that I mean, that, that, that's, that, I don't, I don't, I'm not that mature. That's really mature, right? But this is the conversation that they had. It was like, hey, we're throwing in prison, but man, people are still getting saved, Right? Uh, uh, look, look at this part in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. I'm done. And after he got into the boats, this is Jesus, his disciples follow him. And here it is. It's about maturity. This is how the whole thing works as I bring this to a close. And suddenly, behold, there rose a violent storm of the sea, so that the boat was being covered by the waves, but he was sleeping. So here it is. We read this story before that the disciples were commissioned by Jesus. We're going to the other side. They get into the boat following Jesus, and they get into a storm following Jesus. Okay, that went over somebody's head. Because you're following Jesus does not mean there will be no storms. I'm trying to bring it home for you. Come on, come on. Because you're following Jesus does not mean that everything's going to be perfect. They followed him and, and got into a storm. And guess what? It didn't, like, it didn't like roll its way three days out. It was like things happened suddenly. Like I'm perfect. I'm happy. I'm, I'm singing love songs to the Lord. And boom, next two seconds I get a phone call that just rocks my world. Right? Following Jesus does not mean that you are absent of storms. But here's the great part is that he is in the storm with you. Come on, that's, that's the blessed part about it. Yes, you are not exempt from storms. I'll tell you why in a minute. But the fact that you are in a storm and you do have Christ in you means that, hey, he's on the boat with you. And guess what? He's not stressing about your storm. Come on, Ben, he's not stressing. About, I, I'm stressed. The disciples were stressed about the storm. And Jesus is sleeping in their storm because it wasn't his storm. Oh, come on, come on. Because this storm was not there to kill them. It was there to mature them. The storm is there to mature you, not to kill you. But here's the good news. Jesus is in the storm with you. And he's sleeping and resting because he says, not my storm, it's their storm. And this storm is not designed to kill them. This storm is designed to mature them and to grow them and to expand them and to show them who I am. Man, are y'all getting this here today? Suddenly, there will be suddenlies in your life. There will be a lot here. There will be suddenlies in your life. There will be days where you like, really, God? Have you ever had those like real, okay, thank you. Not everybody woke up there, yeah, oh, yeah. You had those days like, God, are you serious? Like, all that I'm doing, are you serious? I've had those days like, you have got to be kidding me. Right? And you're like, what is going on? But i got to remember that this storm, Jesus is in the storm with me. And they go down and they tell him, don't you care that we die? He's like, dude, relax. <laughs> this storm is not designed to kill you. It's designed, designed to mature you. Gosh. Look at this next part of that scripture. And when he arrived, after he had calmed the sea, spoke to the sea, calmed it down, when he arrived at the other side in the country of Gadarians, 
two men under the control of demons went to meet him. Now watch this. And when he arrived at the other side. So watch it. They're stressed out. They think they're going to die. But Jesus, that design was to allow them to arrive at a location. Got to see this. Sometimes the storm is what gives you momentum to arrive faster. Ah. Stand to your feet. Y'all, 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 y'all full. Come on. Uh, sometimes, see, this is what I'm saying. I can't give you too much meat, right? So some, sometimes the storm is designed to push you to your destination faster. But here's what the storm did. Allow them to arrive at the other side. That's all it can do. It can't kill you, but it can't help you arrive at the other side Even if it's your fault, he'll use that storm to help you arrive at the other side. But he's in the boat with you. He's in the boat with you. Why? Because that storm that some of you have gone through over the last couple of weeks or this week or last month or whatever it is, and guess what? There will be more storms in front of you. Be sure of that. As long as you're breathing, storms do come. But they're not designed to kill you. Jesus is in the boat. He is sleeping. They are, ma- they are designed to mature you and to get you from one place of uh, maturity and growth to another place of maturity and growth. Now, watch it. When they get to the other side, man, they're like, this is amazing. Remember, and when we see waves in the Bible and, and, and um, the waters, waters and waves always means levels. So God will have to put them in a boat with a wave in order to get them to another level. Always. That's why they arrived at the other side. And look at this. When they arrived at the other side, angels were not waiting for them. I mean, come on. Let's be for real. I mean, it'd be great if they get to the other side. It's like, hey, you made it to the other side. No, 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 no. They get to the other side, and the enemy that controls the other side is like, what are you doing on my side? Look at this last scripture. And behold, they... Shrek and screamed, what have you to do with us? These are the spirits. Jesus, son of God, have you come to torment us before the appointed time? Why are you here early? <laughs> hey, the storm got me here a little bit earlier. Come on, you'll get that when you get home. you get that when you get home. I know some of you are just like, you're still going to wake up yet. Come on, there's coffee out there. You got to get some coffee. Hey, hey, the storm got me here a little bit faster than I anticipated. And some of you want, oh, God, give me this, give me that. But God says, are you ready for what comes once you cross over to the other side? Jesus and the disciples were not meeting or greeted with like a party of angels saying, hey, you made it. Brother Barry, I'm so glad. No, 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 the enemy does not want you to progress or to grow or to expand to where God has called you to. But today I'm going to pray because it is God's will for you to grow. The enemy does not want you to grow. He wants you to stay stagnant, stay where you are, stay in fear, stay in unbelief, stay all those things. But God says it is time for you to grow. 2019, you are going to grow, 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 grow. But no one can never go from the sixth grade to the seventh grade without taking a test. You can't get in. As a matter of fact, people got in trouble trying to go around an entry exam to get into a school by paying money. Did anybody hear about those stories? Why? Because they wanted to get around the test. And many
many times we want to get around the test. I'm not going to lie. I would love to get around the test. Man, there's some tests I don't want to take, but there's no other way for me to get to where God has ordained for me to go or to show that I have got it. I got it. I have to take the test. But guess what? He's in the test with you. He's not going to leave you by yourself. He wouldn't give you the test if you didn't have the ability to pass the test. Can I say it again? He wouldn't give you, he wouldn't allow the test to come your way if you didn't have the capacity and the bandwidth to pass the test. Stop being fearful. Just take the test. Just take the test. You are ready. You are prepared for the test. I want you to lift those hands up real quick for a moment and just begin to love on God for a second and just ask him, say, God, I, I want to grow. Help me to grow. I want to grow. I don't want to stay where I, I'm at. I don't want to see things always from uh, an entry level, infant stage. I want to grow past child. I want to grow past adult, adolescent. I want to grow to become a mature Christian until I am reproducing. I am growing the kingdom. I am growing. People are coming into the kingdom as a result of my spiritual walk. God, help me to grow. Come on, God wants you to grow. Don't let the enemy keep you stagnant. But God wants you to grow. He wants your life to be better, to be happy, to be filled with joy, to be filled with peace. Come on, take a moment and just talk to him for a moment. Come on, just talk to him for a moment. Rob sings a couple of verses of this song. You're here and you want prayer. I want to pray with you today. So I'm going to do something we normally don't do, that if, you, if you're here and you want prayer, you can come down to this altar and let, let this altar be the place that you say, hey, God, let this be my place of surrenderance. Let this be the place that I come and give it all to you.